Welcome to the It Is Better To Know podcast. This is Anne. I'm Cecilia. And I'm Valerie. This is a podcast where we use our expertise as pharmacists to break down relevant health topics and make them easier for you to understand. Now let's get started. You got me curious. Welcome back, BTK listener, to It Is Better To Know podcast. I am your host, Anne, and joining me are my two co-hosts, Valerie and Cecilia. Hey, everyone. This is Valerie. Hi, everyone. Cecilia, welcome back. So our mindless chatters topic for later will be framing Britney Spears and conservatorship. So stay tuned for that. But first, for today's episode, we will answer questions such as how do you test for ketones? Which ketone test has the most reliable results? Is it blood testing or urine testing? So what's a better way to explain than to act it out in a scene, right? Wait, wait, but before we do that, let's give our listener a quick 101 intro on the three types of ketone bodies the body produces. Now I will start. The first ketone body that is produced is acetoacetate. During the early phase of a ketogenic diet, when your body is first transitioning to ketosis, acetoacetate will show up in your urine and on urine test strips. Acetoacetate is then converted into either beta-hydroxybutyrate, which we will refer to as BHB, or acetone. Let's talk about acetone first. Acetone the second type of ketone body, is the least abundant ketone body. Acetone is actually small enough to pass from the blood into the lungs, and is exhaled through the lungs as a waste product. So I'll talk about the third ketone, which is beta-hydroxybutyrate, or BHB, like Valerie mentioned, and that's actually the most prevalent and stable ketone body in the blood. It's readily transported to cells to use as fuel. It represents approximately 70% of the available ketone energy, it's the main ketone that your body utilizes in ketosis, and therefore is the most important one to measure. So without further ado, let's begin. Excuse me, ma'am. Oh, hi. How can I help you? Do you know where I can find a ketone testing kit? Well, I do, but are you looking for blood testing or urine testing? Because there are three types of ketone bodies, there are actually three types of ketone testing, blood, breath, and urine. Each method of ketone testing measures something different. Blood tests measure beta-hydroxybutyrate levels, the breath tests measure acetone levels, and the urine tests measure acetoacetate levels. Breath tests are quite an expensive investment, roughly about $250 or more, so we won't be discussing it in this episode. The other two types of ketone tests are available with our prescription at most drugstores, and you can also buy them online. Hmm, here's the thing. I'm thinking of giving this ketogenic diet a try. It's the low-carb, high-fat diet. I read some stuff online. People are telling me that when I'm on this diet, to occasionally check to see whether I'm in ketosis. Traditionally, 
Ketone testing is designed to monitor diabetic ketones in order to help prevent diabetics from unknowingly getting into ketoacidosis. Nowadays, testing for ketones is quite popular. Some people test ketones to confirm the effectiveness of a nutrition plan like the ketogenic diet. Should you measure them? I mean, if it helps you give feedback and motivate you to reach your goal, I guess why not, right? After all, knowledge is power. So it is better to know, right? I don't really know much about ketosis. All I know is that high ketone levels can be deadly. Well, having ketone in your blood is not necessarily harmful. Ketones are a chemical that your body produces when it burns stored fat. It can happen when you go on a ketogenic diet, like the one that you're planning to do. That is called ketosis, which means the presence of ketones, and that's harmless. However, people with diabetes are at risk for ketone buildup in their blood. If you don't have diabetes, then it won't lead to ketoacidosis. And that's a life-threatening condition due to high levels of ketones caused by insulin deficiency. And that's bad. Yes, both ketosis and DKA involve high blood ketones, but their physiology and effects on the body are vastly different. Under normal conditions, your body has feedback mechanisms to help regulate endogenous ketone production and maintain it within a normal physiological level. On the other hand, ketones level in DKA due to the lack of insulin is drastically high. If not treated, this can lead to death. Please listen to episode 24 where we talk about DKA in greater details. But if you say ketones are present in the blood, then how do ketones end up in my urine to be tested? Well, if you're burning fat, you're making ketones. Eventually, blood will pass through the kidney. Remember, your kidney is your body's filtration system. Any time when your body cannot use ketones, it ends up in your urine. And this can happen on two occasions. So one, your body is producing dangerous levels of excess ketones, which, again, is only a danger for diabetics. Or two, when you first start a keto diet, your body isn't adapted to using ketones for energy yet, so your kidney will excrete out most of the ketones in your urine. Correct me if I'm wrong. So what you are saying is that the more my body is burning fat, the higher my ketone level, and that the urine strips measure for ketones are fine in the beginning to simply test if my body is producing ketones. And it also can help provide a snapshot of how much fat my body is burning. But what you are saying is only happens, it only happens in the beginning. The presence of ketones in my urine does not mean my body is using them. All it measures is the ketones that are excreted from my body, not a measure of the ketones that are in my blood. That's absolutely right. After a few weeks, as your body becomes fat adapted, It converts ketone bodies more efficiently and is less likely to expel them. At this stage, your urine ketone levels will likely be quite different from your blood ketone levels. So even though you're on the same keto diet, the same ketone urine test a few weeks later may reveal no ketones, even if your body is actually in ketosis. That's why people who have been on a ketogenic diet after 3-4 to weeks might actually see the urine ketones decrease because their bodies will be using them up. But not knowing this, they might worry that something has gone wrong with their diet. In other words, urine testings of ketone levels is not very accurate, but it can be useful in two cases. 
One, if you have type 1 diabetes and you are testing for ketones to prevent ketoacidosis. And two, if you're just starting a keto diet and want to get a rough idea of if you are doing it correctly. So while ketone urine testing is useful as a rough indicator of nutritional ketosis as well as ketoacidosis, it is not a very accurate method of measuring ketones in your body. Once your body has become keto-adapted, blood ketones are more accurate. How does blood ketone testing work? Do I have to prick my finger to get the blood? Well, the blood ketone test does exactly what it sounds like. It tests your blood for ketone levels. Blood ketone tests measure beta-hydroxybutyrate, the most active form of ketones in your blood. So to answer your question, these devices do work the same way as a typical blood glucose meter. Oh, okay. So you prick your finger with a needle and place a small drop of the blood to the strip and the meter will tell you your levels of ketone? That's exactly right. The number that registers on your blood meter when you test reflects the ketone level in your body right then and there. It's easy to do and gives results quickly and accurately. In fact, I would say that it's by far the most accurate test for measuring your level of ketosis. There are now a few devices on the market that can check your blood for ketones. Specialized meters that measure sugar and ketones in the blood, like the Precision Extra, is the fastest way to tell if ketones are rising. Typically, for people on a diogenic diet, a ketogenic diet, Optimal ketosis is when your ketone levels are between 1 to 3 millimol per liter. For a diabetic, a level between 1.6 and 3.0 millimol per liter means you're at risk for diabetic ketoacidosis. It is recommended that you repeat the test in 2 to 4 hours to ensure the level is not rising. A level of 3.0 millimol per liter or higher is a medical emergency that requires prompt treatment at a hospital. Well, that sounds easy. The machine does all the work. I don't want to try to decipher my ketone reading. Yeah, there's no estimate and no deciphering. What you see is what you get. So I have to buy the machine along with the strips? Yes. So for blood ketone tests, you'll need a blood ketone meter, disposable lancets to prick your finger, and you also need the individual ketone testing strips, and they're, they're roughly 10 strips for about $30. While testing blood for ketones is the preferred method, the blood ketone strips are more costly than the urine ketone strips because of the individually wrapped ketone testing strips you have to buy with them. That's like $3 a strip. One would have to use that very, and I mean very sparingly. I can't afford that right now. Hmm, maybe I should just stick with the urine testing. Seems like a low-tech way to, st to test for ketosis. How does that one work? Yeah, ketone urine tests are definitely less expensive. It is super straightforward to do this using keto stick strips. Ketone testing traditional depends on urine collection. Urine testing strips contain special chemicals that change colors when they react with ketones. Results range from no ketones to highly concentrated amounts. Although urine test strips are cheap and easy to use, keep in mind that it will take longer for ketones to show up in your urine than in your blood and may not be very accurate in measuring your body's ketones levels. But urine ketone strips can help you learn whether you have mild, moderate, or high level of ketones. 
As a result, urine strips are effective in helping diabetics avoid a dangerous state of ketoacidosis. How does it work? Like I just urinate on the strip? That sounds messy. So let's see. According to the instructions, to perform a urine test, urinate into a clean container and dip the ketone test strip into the urine sample for a few seconds. Wait for about 15 seconds and the strip will change color. Match the color of the strip to the color chart on the side of the bottle to determine the level of ketones. The darker the strip, the more ketones you have. If the keto sticks don't change color, then no ketones are detected in your urine. Now, pending on the brand, the instructions to use may vary. Make sure you follow the package instruction. In the case of very young children, parents can press the strip against a wet diaper. If it is too difficult to implement, blood ketones might be a better alternative for young children. It sounds to me like the readings can be somewhat subjective when comparing the color on the strip to the color on the package. It definitely can be. That's why it's important to follow the package instructions. If you wait longer than instructed, the color may continue to change further, leading to a result that doesn't actually match up with your current level. Ketone levels can also be affected by your level of hydration and whether or not you exercise. Keep in mind that the reading you get is not a reading at the moment in time is the sum of ketones present since your last urination. So as a reminder, because urine strips measure excess or excreted ketones in the urine, they are inaccurate in determining nutritional ketosis and how well your body is utilizing ketones as fuel. Is there a best time to measure? Well, just like your blood sugar levels, ketone levels actually fluctuate throughout the day. There are lots of different opinions on how often and when to check your, your ketone. I don't really have an opinion on this, so just pick a time and keep it consistent for a best comparison. That sounds doable. Considering 50 strips in a box, $10 a box is not too bad of a price. That's only about 20 cents a test. Keep in mind that strips are very sensitive to air and humidity. Ketone strips should always be stored in a dry area and replaced as soon as become outdated. Check the recommended expiry date on the package from the date of opening the vial. I see. Let me see if I can sum up what you're saying. What you are saying is that urine strips are good as low-cost options when first starting my keto journey. Or to monitor urine ketones for diabetics in order to prevent diabetic ketoacidosis. Yeah, that too. And although urine test shows ketones, it does not give accurate depictions of my blood ketone levels as it doesn't test the right kind of ketones. The blood meter, on the other hand, is a more accurate and reliable way of measuring ketones because it measures the predominant ketone body that's used for, as fuel for the body. You got it. You're able to sum it up pretty well. Also, I just wanted to add, if you're using a ketogenic diet to lose weight, you can also opt to go for weight loss results rather than high ketone levels. <laughs> Thanks. But I'm just a curious nerd. Since high ketone levels indicate a greater likelihood of weight loss, I'm curious to see my ketones levels so that I have a sense as to whether my body is burning fat. I'm just going to buy one box of 50 strips 
for the urine for the urine ketone test for now since it's not too expensive, but I will keep what you say about the weight loss in mind. Sure. So do you have any other questions for me? No, ma'am. Thanks for your help. How do you guys like being called ma'am? Does it make you feel old at all? That was my reaction. Ma'am? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> so is much. it like, um, does it use for married person or just anyone you think is old enough to be called ma'am? I think anyone old enough. I've been called ma'am. So. I see. My, what about mademoiselle? <laughs> is mademoiselle for... Like Miss, I think it's for Miss. Yeah, is it Madame? Because Madame is definitely like a older, like not older, but like a married lady. (laughs) Thanks, Madame. So (laughs) yeah, Yeah, Madame. (laughs) Yeah, I think Mademoiselle sounds very formal, though. So I don't Mm -hmm. see people going like, "Thank you, Mademoiselle." But no, I don't like. I thought it's like more more like French. Yeah, it's French. Yeah, (laughs) I think all of them are seem kind of French. Yeah, you know the really the. The potential customer, the the patient should have called you Miss, because no matter so what true. age, if you're called Miss, it's a compliment. <laughs> it's a, it's a good feeling. I agree. Yeah. You know, I had a friend uh, who said she hates being called Ma'am, and she said she would rather be called Sir because she was so offended by being called Ma'am. <laughs> Man, that sounds like something I would say, but it's definitely not me. <laughs> right? I mean, it sounds like a southern thing that I think Britney Spears would say. So let's talk Britney. Have you ladies heard about the Free Britney movement? Uh, it's, it's been in the news off and on, so I have heard of it, but I don't really know too much about it. What's the premise? Have you heard about the what the term conservatorship? Yeah, just my in first time hearing context. it. They usually reserve like the conservatorship for someone who's like this um, developmental disabled or who never leave like a, a independent life before. Conservatorship is kind of like a, a legal procedure in the state where the court appointed someone um, as a guardian to take care of another individual. Brittany's, who is now like 39 years old, right? Like she has been under this conservatorship for like the whole like 13 years since like 2008. Yeah, now, that was because she was she had that like uh, breakdown, right? And I think um, it's also pretty bad because um, I saw a lot of news. Well, I didn't read too much about it, but I saw a lot of headlines that her dad is just in it for the money, right? Yeah, I heard I heard he got like 140k, um, oh, over 100k a year mm-hmm. just to manage her, her like, finance. The thing that books me is that, you know, how we were talking about that apparently this is for someone who's cannot take care of themselves or he, who cannot provide the basic needs like shelter and food right. and all that right but she can but she has been yeah she's doing yeah. like the las vegas residency for a she long time albums, mm-hmm. she performs so she's like capable of making all these decisions right and it doesn't and she's making a lot of money too so she doesn't fit the mold for someone to be under this type of conservatorship yeah, I mean, well, how come it's lasting for so long in the first place? Then wasn't isn't there some sort of process in place that reevaluates this this conservatorship and removes it? Isn't she well, trying to get out of this kind of conservatorship? Is very difficult process, and they say she does have the option to ask the court to to terminate it. However, I find it quite interesting that um, she 
she didn't make that decision. Like she didn't want to have it terminated. All she want is to have her dad remove, um, like so she doesn't want him to be her conservator. Oh, she but she is. But she still wanted to be there for some reason. Like under who? Who would take over? Uh, I guess right now she's trying to appeal to have her mom. Mom, yeah. Um, as it, I mean. I can see in the beginning when she had that breakdown because of so many things happening, right? Like it's a temporary issue. But I find that right now the crisis is over. I mean, lots of celebrities have crisis. You're talking about like um, um, Amanda Bynes, for example. Or there's a lot of people who make like horrible financial judgment, right? Like, so, I mean, if she, if they deem that she cannot, make financial judgment she could always hire like an accountant or someone to do that for her yeah not have so, someone take control of everything in her life that seems yeah, a exactly drastic. like can you imagine like you have to ask like to have 500 dollars to go on a day trip with your girlfriends or like who if if the dad doesn't agree for her to marry this current boyfriends of her then she is not allowed to marry him that's for 39 years old. That's like, um, I find it very, very difficult to grasp. That's well, the only thing that I'm thinking about is maybe she, if especially if you're saying that she's okay with maintaining this conservatorship um, arrangement, but just remove her father and maybe replace it with the mother is I'm thinking perhaps she, in a way, maybe wants to protect her assets, like if you were a very, very wealthy person, rich person that um, and you're you, all of you're in this social circle or even the person that you're seeing, there's a, a level of um, bureaucracy in a way that you have to get past uh, to access the money in the first place. So in a way, it feels like she's almost protecting herself is the only way that I could think mm-hmm. of it. That she's using this conservatorship as a shield so that you can't ex- expect me to throw you these grand parties just because I'm Britney Spears and, you know, buy you very expensive gifts. Um, that there's that level of protection in a way, even if it's more of a figurative uh, protection. That's the only thing that I can think of. I think that she's probably a very intelligent woman and probably at any moment's notice she could have that removed at this point with all of the psychological or psychiatric assessments, but probably maybe she wants to have this level of protection because she does have two kids, right, that she wants to protect and she doesn't want to get taken advantage of. Yeah, well, I guess suppose right now, um, initially she got like 50-50 custody with the kids, but Apparently, um, her dad, Jamie Spears, he apparently physically abused one of her child. So they had a restraining order in place. So now it cut down to like 70% of her ex-husband and 30% for her only. Oh, geez. So, which is is like another stress to um, add on to her list. I feel like that speaks to his character if he's abusing his grandchild. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, right, I guess the thing about is why is the court not honoring her wish of trying to get him to remove? I guess right now they don't have any allegation of fraud or the fact that he made any bad judgment or abuser of any kind, financial or physically. Because if he had, it's already been on the news by now, right? 
So at this point, they don't really have a reason to kind of remove him. Hmm. Except for the fact that she wanted to, yeah. But then um, the whole reason that she's in this uh, conservatorship is because she can't take care of herself, right? So then I guess they can't yeah. really, they can't really just be like, oh yeah, we trust her, and she mm-hmm. is able to make this decision. So this is like, wow, this is really um, uh, a difficult scenario to be in. I know you said it's hard to get out of a conservatorship, but is it like pretty easy to enter into one? Well, because I guess it's reserved for people with um, mental instability, yeah. right? But how did so they make you... that decision? Because I was reading some people were like not even sure if she deserved to be in one in the first place. Because, like you said, like a lot of people do have like you know mental breakdowns or they have like difficult situations that they deal with. And people said like you know she had like a year of uh, like weird behavior, but it wasn't actually that weird after all. I will occasionally check out her Instagram's uh, profile, and it doesn't. She doesn't seems like posting any, you know, weird stuff on it. So to me, she's like a high functioning individual. But I guess this topic kind of sparked like a, a lot of conversation for people with conservatorship in the state, because over one million people are under this type of conservatorship. So it's kind of brought about as like, like why is it there? And maybe a lot of people. You know, beside Britney, is also under the same conservatorship that cannot, you know, get out of it. What do you guys think? Does Britney need a conservator? And if she does or choose to have one, should Britney have a choice in this matter? Anyways, that's that. We hope this episode answers your question about ketone testing. If you found this information today helpful, be sure to share the link to today's episode with your family and friends. We definitely could use more listeners. We are a tiny fish in the world of podcast. We want to thank you, those who's been rating and giving us review. It really helps motivate us to keep going and allow our podcast to get our name out there and reach more listeners. Please spread the words. We want to keep doing this. We want to keep going into, I don't know, 100 episodes, but we really need your support. The three of us are putting in a lot of work producing each video, like each episode, I mean. (laughs) But if you support us, maybe we will produce videos in the future. But if you want to uh, support our podcast and you're wondering how you can do that, so besides spreading the word to your family and friends, you can also uh, rate us and review us. So I know one particular place that you can leave a rating and review is iTunes. So if you have an Apple device, then make sure you do go on your iTunes and do that. And if you have a question for one of our future episodes, you can always tweet us at better to know pod, P-O-D, or DM us on Instagram or Facebook at it is better to know. Tune in next week as we talk about um, another amazing topic that uh, you'll find out about later. And stay curious, our beautiful friends. Curious Music is performed by Bonsai Mammal, written by Andrew Southwell and Jimmy Harry. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and should not be taken as medical advice. As every individual is unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. 